Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. And now, AJ and Chris Shepard. Our next guest is a medical doctor, online course creator, and co-founder of Ascent Equity Group. Here to discuss his journey to real estate investing, why doctors make great entrepreneurs, and how to help other doctors attain financial independence and do more of what they love. Let's welcome Dr. Pranay Parikh. All right. Today, we've got Pranay Parikh with us. He is co-founder and principal at the Ascent Equity Group and also fellow podcaster, host of the From the MD to Entrepreneur podcast with, I think, like 36 episodes. Pranay, thanks for coming on the show with us today. Do you want to start out by kind of telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got into real estate? Yeah. Thanks for the warm welcome. So I'm Pranay. I'm a medical doctor, still practicing physician in Los Angeles, California. People are surprised that I still practice medicine with all that I do, but I've actually always wanted to be a doctor and I really enjoy medicine. But when I had graduated from residency, you know, after 25 years of school, I realized that it was important what I did with my money than how much I made. You know, I saw plenty of plastic surgeons and other cardiologists that were making, you know, 400, 500, 800,000, but didn't have a ton of money left over. They had nice cars, nice houses, but they were still living basically paycheck to paycheck. So I wanted to change that. So I looked around, thought about what I could do. You know, everyone else was doing their 401k in stock market. And I did a little bit of that, but I also didn't want to wait another 30 years to enjoy my life. You know, I had already wait, uh, used the first 30 years of my life to get into medicine. I didn't want to have that much delayed gratification. So I looked around, I bought some real estate and I hit a gold mine. You know, I bought a four unit closer to water in Long Beach. It was affordable. I was doing well, bringing in decent money. And I tried to find another one and it was just so hard. I didn't realize how lucky I had gotten with my first one. So I looked for a year, year and a half. And obviously it's a lot more difficult here in Los Angeles than it is elsewhere. And that's where I found syndications. I realized that, you know, I can pay someone a little bit of fees and they do all the work, but I get most of the benefits, you know, depreciation, cost seg, all that other stuff that people really like real estate for tax advantage. I still get all that, but someone else does all the work. So, you know, I invested in them and I realized that there wasn't, and this was many years ago, there wasn't a podcast like yours, all this educational resources. So we created a course. We've had thousands of people take the course and after a while, most of them said, yeah, you know, now I know how to invest in the deals. I know how to find them, but I'm still too busy. I'd rather be a doctor. I'd rather be a lawyer. Like I don't want to do real investing full time. So they said, why don't we just invest in the same deals you and my partner, Peter Kim, who's also a doctor, invest in, and maybe we can all come together and get better deals and better terms. And that's what we did in the beginning. We did a fund of funds 
And over time, we grew to the, be able to take down whole deals ourselves. Nice. So like how, you know, that's a great journey. Like how many years ago did you start getting into real estate or like just so our so I got uh, so I idea. graduated residency in let's see 2017. So it's been about six years. Awesome. Yeah. So that's quite the trajectory. Yeah. So my partner had a brand that he created before we met that had you know following of tens of thousands of doctors. So before we needed this audience and investors, he had it already, and so we were able to supercharge whatever we did, you know, with the course, we had an audience that wanted to learn about that stuff. And then when we created an investment company, we had a full set of investors that wanted to invest with us. So, you know, if there's only one thing your listeners take from this, it's create an audience, you know, just like you're doing with this podcast, create an audience. And if they resonate with you, which many of them will, you can take them wherever you want to go. Pranay, there's just so many parallels from your journey to our journey as well. I mean, finding the fourplex, like that was a huge milestone for us, which absolutely launch padded us to be able to find more. I mean, in Portland, it's a little easier to find additional fourplexes. So we didn't have to go straight into syndications, but that was just a real estate broker we were buying single family homes at the time, fixing them up, renting them out. And he's like, you guys should look at a fourplex. I'm like, a fourplex? But we don't do fourplexes. And we ended up buying it and did a huge remodel on it. And now it's one of our best properties. And we ended up probably buying 20 more fourplexes. And it's just been a really like good vehicle. So kudos to finding that fourplex. And then as well, you know, we also kind of hit a little bit of a wall as Portland, as the Portland market heated up. And so that's how we got into syndication too. But tell us a little bit more about your partner and his audience and how he built that up. Like we were fortunate enough to leverage our dad provided us a credit line that we could use. And so having, you know, that's just part of the journey is finding people who can help you. And we were fortunate enough to have our dad help us, but finding others and you found your partner. So yeah, let's hear about how he originally built that audience. And then I want to hear more about how you guys really got into the nitty gritty and how you leveraged that amazing you know, tool. Well, one quick point, you talked about your dad being able to kind of fund your starting. And I've been fortunate to have, you know, first born in the US, right? <laughs> Biggest benefit you could have ever, right? In the world. Yeah. My dad was born in a small city that finally got toilets in the 90s. Oh my gosh. 1890s, yeah. And, you know, 2000 people, we went back there, we donated to the charity, built houses and it's just, you know, it's humbling to know that that could have been my life. So, you know, number one. But number two, what I think really helps people that are well off compared to people that aren't well off is safety. And I know a lot of your listeners are professionals. And I tell people you could be your own rich dad, meaning that you can have a nice reserve, a little nest egg so that you're able to take more risks. And I feel that people that have parents that are able to support them are able to take larger risks. You know, yeah, you can fail, but 
you know, there's an asymmetric reward that if, you know, one of your fourplexes does well, that, that could potentially cover all your living expenses. So especially if you're a professional, consider your job, your golden parachute, right? Maybe work mm-hmm. a little extra, build up a nest egg, and then you could be your own supportive because, you know, you and I are fortunate to have parents that are able to support us and not everyone is in the same place, but a lot of people are successful by themselves. And as professionals, graduates, doctors, lawyers, and engineers, and all different types. So create that, you know, be like, I'm going to be my own rich dad or rich mom. And that will just let you take these risks, like getting into real estate, buying a four unit. When I had no idea, I went to, so on my fourplex, I went to the final inspection with the inspector. I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm looking at. Like, is this normal? Like, fortunately, I had my sister in law who's a real estate agent and she's a pro. So before we went to the inspection, she sat me down and was like, okay. Do not freak out when you see the inspector report because I told him to make it look as horrible as possible so we can get a discount. And spoiler, we got a discount. But it was like, (laughs) roof is caving, foundation issues. I was like, what am I buying? You know, (laughs) like, no. And then the inspector finally stopped me at like the end of the day. He's like, yeah, this is probably one of the nicer houses I've seen recently. (laughs) That's not what your report says. (laughs) But yeah, you know, we got five, $10,000 discount on the property. And I was able to take that risk because I knew like, you know, I wasn't going to lose my rent. Like my dad could help me pay rent if worst case, you know, and the nice thing about real estate is the chance of you going to zero is pretty low, right? Unlike the stock. Yeah, very low. Yeah. I bought some Peloton stock (laughs) about a year ago. That was a great idea. (laughs) I was like, I love my Peloton. This is going to be awesome. It's going to go to 200 bucks. It's like $7 now. But so back to, back to my partner. One, it's actually pretty interesting if you have a minute to listen to the story, how we met. Yeah, sure. So I made a conscious decision after I graduated residency to kind of take control of my financial and business life. Right? I didn't know what that meant. I just said, you know, anytime there's an opportunity, I'm going to put myself out there. And kind of just made a promise to myself. And there was one of these doctor Facebook groups that I had joined and someone said, hey, does anyone live in Los Angeles? I commented, I was like, I live in Los Angeles. I'll host an event. I'll pay for it. I'll clean up. Like I'll do everything. I just want to be there, right? And my business partner, who is a famous in our little world of doctors and finance, was pretty popular. He reached out to me. He said, hey, want to get on the phone? I live in Los Angeles as well. And literally our very first conversation was three and a half hours. Fortunately, fortunately, he's a dude because otherwise my wife would have been, girlfriend at the time (laughs) would have been very jealous. But we just instantly connected. And it was only because I put myself out there. And he said, hey, I'm creating this Facebook group. Like, I need someone to help manage it. I was like, yeah, I've never done a Facebook group before, but how hard can it be? Now, people would ask real estate questions and I would literally Google it because I had no idea. But I learned, you know, I learned. And then, you know, I did that unpaid, right? It was just getting more involved, getting my name out there. And then we created the course and really helped build up the organization. And now he's a partner of a set equity group. You know, we've raised 75 million, bought around $250 million worth of real estate in two years. So it all really started from that one conversation. That's pretty incredible. 
So we had chatted earlier about, you know, how you guys are doctors and are coming from outside of the real estate industry and that you had some pretty unique perspective when it comes to, you know, looking from the outside in. And I just was hoping you could expand on that a little bit more. I think as professionals, especially if you have, if you've done a lot of education or you've really kind of become an expert in your field, you feel intimidated by other stuff. You'd be surprised how often someone says to me, I'm just a doctor. And it's like, you know, and a lot of times I'll look at like their email signature and I'll be like, micro hand surgeon, right? They're putting in like, and microsurgery is when you put in things smaller than five millimeters and you connect them together. It's like, that is such an insane skill. There's probably a handful of people that can do that in the world. And you're intimidated about buying a condo, right? It's getting over yourself, right? Because we are our biggest obstacles all the time, every single time, right? And in medicine, there's something like see one, do one, teach one. That's kind of how we do things, right? So, and it's not necessarily just one, but you'll see it, see someone else do it. And Mm -hmm. one, it'll show you that it's possible. And that's why I love your podcast and the guests that you guys are able to get, because even if, you know, they're all different types, a lot of times we just need inspiration. We need to see that someone that looks like us, did the same education, talks like us, is able to do it, right? And then once they see that, they're like, okay, yeah. You know, maybe your guests are like, hey, that dummy Pranay can do it. I can do it too. You know? and I want, I want <laughs> that dummy to doctor can do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, like in real estate, at least in the beginning, like I was a blind man, you know, I still feel like a blind man all the time, but we were able to figure it out. And I feel that once we're so highly educated in one thing that a lot of times we almost feel like you can't get into something else, but those skills that got you to where you are, can get you to where you want to be for something else. So for example, you know, being able to pick up a new subject, you know, in medical school, third and fourth year, every month you could do something different. So I'll do OB-GYN, which is female doctors. And then I'll do pediatrics, which is kid doctors, like a month apart. So I'm like learning a whole new thing quickly, you know, lawyers, for example, they'll have to read hundreds of pages a day and take out like the two sentences that are important. You know, engineers are working crazy hours doing all this code and stuff. I think overall, I think a lot of people will limit themselves and really put obstacles in front of themselves without even thinking about it. You know, I can't do that, or I'm not like that, or I'm too busy. I don't have enough money. They can't focus on education. The nice thing is there's so much free education now that a lot of times you can pretty much learn majority of the stuff that you want. And then to get the rest, you know, you can learn 80% of what you need. And then for that 20%, just get a coach or mentor. You know, I have no, I've spent tens, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars now on coaches and courses and education, which sounds like a lot, but not compared to like the half a million for medical school, if you include (laughs) everything, you know? So I think, so that's one, we limit ourselves. And two, people when I was in medical school or when I finished, I did a lot of education for medical students. And sometimes the questions they ask you, I'm like, shoot, do I even understand what I'm talking about? They just ask such probing questions. And I think coming into real estate, because I didn't know anything or I knew very little with my four unit, we were able to say, hey, 
why is it done this way? And does it really need to be done? So let me give you an example. We know doctors really care about privacy. Very important to us. So we hired this IT firm and they monitor every single email that we send out. And we have this like firewall and we have really like a Silicon Valley level IT security. We started asking around, we're like, hey, who do you guys use? And billion dollar funds. They're like, no, we just use an Excel sheet with, you know, everyone's like (laughs) social security number and all that stuff. And we're like, yeah, it costs us a little money, but this is very important stuff. And especially these days with how easy information leaks. So we just try to do things a little bit different. We're thinking, you know, maybe we can pay our property manager more, right? The property manager, the head property manager is the person that's really leading your property, right? Do you really want them to be one of the lowest paid people out there? Maybe you can incentivize them, give them bonuses, give them gifts and the chance of your property doing very well. So it's things that people don't necessarily do that we're able to kind of disrupt. I mean, as your listeners know, like, all the recent disruptions in industries have come from the outside, right? Look at Uber and the taxi industry. Look at Airbnb and the hotel industry. You know, if you would have asked in the early 1900s what people wanted, they would say, we want a faster horse. But they got a car and they were much happier and life was way better for really everyone across the board. So, Pranay, what one thing that I was really intrigued about what you said is that, you know, a lot of times people are putting obstacles in the way of what they want to achieve. Like that, you know, that's too hard. That's, you know, I don't have enough money. And I just, I completely agree with you. So I'd really like to hear from you, you know, what are some of the obstacles that, you know, you've seen doctors like place in their way that just stop them from achieving what they want to achieve. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503 506-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Uptown Syndication is now offering a syndication coaching program for you to take your real estate portfolio to the next level. This is your opportunity to have experienced syndicators, AJ and Chris Shepard, coach you on your way to controlling your real estate investing future. Our coaching program will provide you with the tools and framework needed to begin syndicating real estate in your target market. Go to uptownsyndication.com today to learn more. Yeah. And I think we want to hear too, like, how do you help people get through those obstacles? Like once you've, you know, how do you like present it to them that that's actually an obstacle? Because I'm sure most people like will say something and like from our recollection, we can see like, well, that seems like an obstacle, but like, how do you get them to kind of realize that? So I get a lot of compliments on my background, my podcasting background and my studio and just audio quality. And that's because I procrastinated for a year on starting my podcast by looking, making my background perfect, getting the nicest microphone, researching cameras and doing all this stuff. And what I realized is that all kind of boiled down to fear. I thought I was busy. I thought I couldn't do it or, you know, I was just procrastinating. Maybe I was lazy. 
but it all kind of came down to fear because it's, you're scared to put yourself out there. You're scared to start something new. And podcasting is kind of a combination of all that, right? Talking to people, talking to experts, putting it out into the world, seeing if anyone downloads. And so I think a lot of the stuff that a lot of the obstacles we put boils down to fear, right? And that fear shows up differently. So for example, how often do you go through a day? You're like, okay, I need to do this one thing. And then the whole day goes by, you accomplished a ton, but except that one thing, you know, <laughs> and that happens to me all the time. I got to write an email. A lot of it for me is writing. I don't like to write, but it's super important. Writing an important email or working on a video script for a course or doing a video script for or an audio script for a podcast. And the whole day will go by hundreds of emails I've replied to, walk the dog, clean the kitchen, you know, doing stuff I'd never do. It's just because I'm procrastinating, right? So it's not that I don't have time or that I'm too busy. It's that I am not prioritizing that one thing, right? So it's first thinking like, am I really, is this obstacle a real thing or is it just because I'm scared, right? I'm fear of fear of rejection, fear of not meeting your expectations, right? If you're some professional, like a doctor, you're like used to succeeding. So we are very risk averse, right? So a doctor, if there's a surgery that has a 90% success rate, that sucks, right? You don't want to get a surgery, especially if it's a common surgery, has a 90% success rate. It better be 99.999, right? And so we have grown up and the same with, you don't want them trying this new medicine, that hasn't been cleared by the FDA or doing all this stuff. But in entrepreneurship, it's the opposite, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's you want to try new things. You expect to fail. And failure is actually great because it's a learning experience. And so getting used to failure, getting used to setbacks, thinking it's a learning experience and coming to terms with why you're doing this. Like, do you really not have any money? Or maybe you don't have a great relationship with money. A lot of doctors are very conservative. I had one doctor friend who she said she did, she just kept her money in a bank account and she didn't even invest in the stock market. She was just so scared to lose any of her money that it kind of crippled her or paralyzed her from moving, which, you know, it goes up and down, but overall the stock market has done really well, especially the last couple of years. You know, she's potentially could have doubled her money in just a couple of years and she missed out because she was too scared. Yeah. So your first obstacle that you've listed is fear and mm -hmm. then relationship with money or, or money. You know, like that's something that we hear all the time. It's like, you know, where is this capital going to come from to purchase this property? Or I don't have any capital to invest in this particular deal. And so those are two of some of the major obstacles that we see. And I mean, honestly, when I look at them, I'm like, but those are just so easily overcome. And it just doesn't take that much effort to do it. And honestly, there was an Aplex for $2 million that I kind of didn't put my best offer in on because I'm like, ah, we're a little low on capital right now. It was going to be like a 22% IRR property. And just like really, really easy project. And, you know, if I would have made my bid 
like 20 million, 50,000, we would have gotten it. It would have been a 21% IRR, but I just, I'm like, oh, I'm going to bid a little under asking. And you know, it went for asking and I just yeah, we sabotage like, ourselves. Yeah, sabotage ourselves it's so frustrating <laughs> <laughs> right and it's it's so easy to justify it right you're like oh yeah maybe i would have got a good deal onto the next one but it comes down to fear right it's having that and we all do it right i was talking to brandon turner the other day at a conference that we threw he's like you know i realize that now that i talked to so many billionaires. It's like, yeah, the same advice they give me are the same advice I give to everyone else, right? A lot of times you just have to hear it from a different person, maybe a person more successful than you, but it's all the same thing. It all comes back to our mindset. Yeah. Well, yeah. So why don't you go ahead, AJ? Do you, do you have any advice on like how to deliver that message to someone? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think on the podcast, like we can talk about it if we talk about it in in different ways, like one may resonate better with another, but if you're working with a, you know, a singular person and you recognize that they've got this like glass ceiling, like, is there any like tactics that you use to like help that person recognize, recognize it? So I have a little framework that I created for a talk. So first imagine your life. Doctors are very concrete, right? We don't really think abstractly. So imagine your life if you had maybe an extra twenty-five dollars to $50,000 per year, right? I don't want it to be $100,000. I'd, don't worry about taxes because this is money you're making from a real estate property. You know, mine, my fourplex makes about $60,000 a year. So very doable with one deal. Maybe you take a better vacation. Maybe you, for me, it was working two less shifts a month, which was, a, you know, a big deal. And you do that for a couple of years, then all of a sudden you're working like four or five shifts a month, which is closer to where I'm at now. That was my goal. And that's a pretty substantial change. Or I actually worked nighttime and it was switching all my nights to days and it, it cost like 3,500 a month. So that would be a very substantial change, right? And so think about that, write that down. And then next is think about how your life would change if you had an extra 50 to 100,000. I want them to do it twice because the first time you're not really thinking, you're not stretching your brain. And for some people, it's the first time they've really thought about this, really dreamt of the future. And at this point, uh, your brain is probably screaming, especially if you've never done this before, all the reasons why this cannot happen. And so write those down. That's actually part of your lizard brain. It's the part of your brain that's meant to keep you safe, right? It's the one that says, hey, don't go running in front of this or don't go run into this bush. Maybe there's a saber-toothed tiger in it, right? It's the one that gets us scared to talk in front of people because potentially in the past, someone could have thrown a spear at you. So it's meant to protect you. So write all those down. I find that a lot of people skip that part and just try to suppress it. What happens when you try to not think about something? right? If I tell you not to think about bunnies right now, all you can think about is bunnies, right? And so write that down. And a lot of times the lizard brain, it just wants to be heard. And it's actually not a bad thing. We do what we call a pre-mortem on all our deals. We look at it, we're like, okay, what can happen? Is there flooding, rain, fire? Like, can it become a lot more crime-ridden? Like everything bad And then you can kind of plan around that, right? So if the deal still looks good despite that, then it's a win. And then number four, the most important, 
think of the smallest next step you can take. So for example, say you don't know anything about real estate, which would be a lie for any of your listeners because they've gotten at least some stuff passively from the podcast, right? So a lot of times we minimize what we've learned, but I guarantee your listeners know more than like 90% of people out there. But yeah, what are you going to do? Like maybe you're going to buy a book. Honestly, you could learn most of real estate in like a book or two. So buy a book, but don't just say you're going to buy a book because then you're going to feel you're going to buy it on Amazon. You're going to feel all warm and fuzzy and you guys can't see it, but I call it a book graveyard right here. There's like 300 books that I haven't read, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) write in your calendar. Okay. I bought this book and write in your calendar, half an hour, read 30 pages and then maybe Tuesday and Thursday or something. Right. So put it in your calendar, get it done. And ideally, write a couple steps. So I'm going to read that book and then I'm going to go listen to a couple podcasts or do something. And then you're going to create a flywheel or like snowball and positive effect and you'll get started. What beats mindset or any issues is action, right? You just take action and you'll get past those obstacles because the obstacles, the mindset issues are still going to be there. But the more action you take, the more action you take, the quieter and the quieter you that voice in the back of your mind is going to get. Nice. That's a great way to kind of frame it. You know, going back to, you know, that if that 50 or 100K changes your life, like when you go through that kind of mantra with someone, like when they get that second 50 or 100K and they're like, okay, my life would be drastically different and I would do these different things. Do you is that where people should look to kind of like lead themselves is like, okay, if I had a couple extra hundred thousand dollars, this is how I would live my life. And so try to start living your life now towards that way. Is that kind of what you're saying? Definitely. Definitely. So I am a proponent for gradual retirement. You know, there's this fire movement, financial independence, retire early, where you sacrifice really the prime years of your life to be able to retire early. But I think right now, well, whatever age you are, there's things that you can do now that you're not going to be able to do when you retire. So so maybe you're really into snowboarding and you want to go snowboarding in this specific place. If you wait till you're 65 or 60, that's, you're probably not going to do that. So that part of your retirement or your bucket list, you need to have in early, right? So maybe the people and people that you want to spend time with are not going to be around for in 30, 40 years. In my talk, I talk about, there's this statistic where at age 18, for a majority of Americans, they'll have spent 90, 90 to 95% of their time with their parents. So the rest of their life is just five to 10%. So, and most people will spend about four to five full days with their parents a year. I was like, that sucks. Who does that? I was like, oh, two full weekends. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, hey dad, you want to hang out? <laughs> but especially, you know, especially if you're not necessarily right next to each other, but my in-laws are within half an hour, but we say them once a month max for a couple hours. So probably in combination, it is, you know, four 24 hours. So try to be more intentional with, where you spend your time. And unfortunately, you need money, right? You need to buy back your time from whatever your day job is. You don't necessarily have to quit, but the money just gives you freedom to do what you want. Yeah, definitely using money as a tool to you know, be able to make the decisions that you want to do and have that time and freedom as something that we hold dear. 
So that's a good topic to touch on. Well, I think we're getting towards the end. Chris, are you ready for the last four questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Pranay, what's one piece of advice you would give to your 25-year-old self? Try more. Especially in when I was younger, I was scared to go out. Instead, it's like, go out and try new things. I was in China with my wife one time, and she's like, hey, have you ever eaten a snail before? I was like, no, that's gross. And there's a snail in my mouth. I was like, oh. And I was like, chewing away. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And now I like escargot. <laughs> I would have never done that. I would have never chosen to do that. But, you know, it's just food. So now, like, I'm pretty adventurous. And I wish I would have started doing that more when I was younger. Cool. Pernay, what was your first entrepreneurial endeavor? Back in college and medical school, I was really into like these like art figures. And uh, to fund my art figure obsession, I had to, <laughs> I would buy two, I'd keep one and I'd sell the other. Ah, nice. Yeah, they were, you know, limited edition. I would sell them on eBay or they would only be at a specific conference. So, yeah. So do you still have the collection of what you kept? I do. I do. Yeah. Only because they're at my parents' house, but, just, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, you know, the, a lot of these like toy figures end up being worth a lot. Yeah. You didn't contemplate using them for your podcast background. <laughs> <laughs> now that's actually a very great idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Well, what's, Next. what's the collection worth right now? What do you think? Hmm. Probably, probably not a fortune, but probably like mm, 10,000. Cool. Oh, probably double for... 2 to 2.5x what I bought it for. Yes. Nice. That's fun. Cool. How has your formal and informal training shaped your journey? I think it's all kind of combined to really help me be better at kind of each thing. So being a doctor has helped me become a better real estate investor. And I'd say vice versa. You know, a lot of times I have to do negotiations with my patients. Like, really, you know, probably shouldn't do heroin anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of these techniques with negotiations, I'm able to kind of see into their eyes and, you know, not just be like, okay, dummy, you shouldn't do heroin anymore, but kind of step in their shoes and think about why they're doing it, right? You know, they're not doing it because they want to be a drug addict. They're doing it for other reasons. So there's a lot of crossover in different careers. And I think it's hard, possible, but hard to be really the one expert in something. But you could be the one expert in like five different things and no one else will be that expert in that specific combination of different things. So that's kind of what I tried to do. Cool. All right. And our final question, what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn? My biggest mistake was... Unfortunately, I'm kind of hard-headed. I've done it a couple of times is be too concentrated. So a lot of times I'll see a great investment or a great sponsor to invest in. And I'll just say, okay, here's a majority of my wealth at the time. And for whatever reason, something will happen, right? Not everyone is perfect. So it's good to have a lot of different types of investments, different people that you're working with, sponsors, and a little bit of stuff that's under your own control, right? So your own investments. And I probably would have spread out things more. So fortunately, I do that now. But especially with all that's happening in real estate, I wish I was a lot more diversified. That's, well, that's, thank you. That's good advice for sure. 
We're actually in the process of looking in different markets just to like diversify out of Portland. So we're super excited to see where that takes us. Well, Pranay, it's been a pleasure having you on. If our listeners are interested in getting a hold of you or hearing more about what you're doing, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So you could reach me at ascentequitygroup.com. We buy, renovate, sell big apartment complexes. And my podcast is anywhere you find podcasts, so Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and it's called From MD to Entrepreneur. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Pranay. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Good luck. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.